Hello, and welcome back to Equity, a TechCrunch podcast about the business of startups, where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. I'm Marianne Azevedo, and this is our interview show where we sit down with a guest, think about their work, and unpack the rest. Today, we're bringing you a special mini episode led by TechCrunch's very own Morgan Sung. During last year's Disrupt, Morgan caught up with Shruti Duvetti, the co-founder and CEO of health tech startup Dooley. Dooley, which is focused on simplifying and personalizing contraception for young women in India and beyond, was part of this year's startup Battlefield 200. The pair talked about the stigma around contraception, cultural roadblocks Dooley faces that its U.S. and U.K. counterparts may not have to consider, and of course, what's next for the startup. Enjoy. So do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is Shruti. I'm the founder and CEO of Dooley. Dooley is a digital health platform that's simplifying and personalizing contraception for young women in India and beyond. So yeah, that's kind of what I do. And we've seen a lot of women's healthcare and reproductive healthcare startups in the market, you know, fundraising, but at the same time, there's still a real lack of them in this space. What is the reception like downstairs to Dooley and to, I guess, the idea of like women's healthcare becoming a startup? Yeah. So it's so rewarding or like encouraging to be there because even though we don't have as many people coming up to us and saying we would fund you. (laughs) But we have so many of them coming up and saying that what you're doing is really important and it's great that you're doing this. You know, we are so happy to see somebody addressing this problem and so on. So that's obviously very encouraging, but we would also love to see more people coming up and saying, hey, you know, we love what you're doing and we'd probably want to invest. So yeah. <laughs> right. And then I was going through the Dooley site and I saw, you know, stats that you had mentioned, like the real lack of access to sex education in India. Not yeah. only that, but also the stigma against birth control in general in India. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, sure. So we actually read studies that show that just as a background, I mean, India now has the largest population in the world. We surpassed China quite recently. Uh, not just that, we actually have the largest number of young people in the world. So half of our population is actually below 30. However, the access to sex education is less than 15%. So most young people, because we spoke to a lot of college students and so on, and we asked them, how much do you know about contraception and so on? So the awareness level is very high. And that's what has shown in a lot of surveys as well. And of course, there's a lot of you know information online and, and so on. But if you ask them what method is right for them or what they should be using, they don't really know that because they don't really get the information from the right sources or consult a doctor or somebody who's an expert. And I think that's where the real gap is. So that's really what we are trying to solve and not just create that awareness, but also provide them a solution where they can get access to everything they need to get started and also to manage their contraception through one app. Right. And beyond that, on the Dooley website, it also said that beyond just awareness of contraception, which is pretty high, use of it is still low. I remember seeing that condom use among young men is very, very low. Yeah, that was shocking for us as well. (laughs) Because, uh, and this came from a national family health survey that happens every five years or so, if I'm not wrong. And what we saw was the contraception usage amongst men was less than 17%. And that includes condoms as well as vasectomies. So that was really interesting. And which really kind of also is indicative of how contraception is really seen in society and that it's really seen as more of a woman's responsibility than a man's. 
However, because of the stigma around sex and contraception, women are still judged for getting contraception, especially if they are young and unmarried. So what we are trying to do is really give them a solution that's designed for them and so that they can you know, get contraception without the fear of that judgment and, and with a lot of convenience. Right. And on the Daily app, it features, you know, resources about contraception, you know, and answers questions. But how do you bridge the gap between awareness and actual practice? That's a good question. The way we build the solution is to really look at the problem in a holistic way. It's very hard to say that, you know, when somebody is aware of contraception, first of all, like at what stage do they want to get that access? It's very hard to cash them at really that stage. So what we are trying to do is really creating a solution whereby they can not only just learn about it, but also when they need to use a solution or get, you know, use some kind of contraception method that they know exactly where to go. So they can consult a doctor if they want to find a method. They can also, if they don't want to consult a doctor and they just want to maybe use our trained model to find out what's the right method for them, just to see if they're doing the right thing, they can actually use our model as well. But we still encourage them, of course, to consult a doctor to find the method that's right for them. So they can do that. And then they can also order their birth control or contraception from us and get it delivered. And it all happens very discreetly. And then they can also track their usage and if they're experiencing any symptoms or side effects. And then there's, of course, the learning resources that we provide. So it's really a complete solution for a woman that needs to do everything around contraception. We're hoping that that kind of bridges the gap from awareness to utilization because we are really trying to cater to every need that a woman may have with regards to contraception. And we're really hoping that that will help them transition and not just get started, but also manage it in the right way. Yeah, definitely. And you know, in the States and the UK and Canada, we've seen so many startups centered around healthcare and access to contraception, access to sex education. I was wondering, I guess, what cultural nuances does Dooley have to account for that these startups may not have to think about? So different countries have gaps in sex education for different reasons. So in some places, it's because of cultural barriers and how they perceive sex and, you know, contraception. In other places, it's about religious, religious barriers. So it really depends on what are the cultural sort of environment or social cultural environment in that country. What we are trying to do, so in countries like US and UK, the level of sex education is much better than what we have in, in India or in many other countries within Asia. They do have that awareness to just even get started. So what it kind of already puts them in, in a better position to use contraception when they actually need to. Whereas in India, we actually even have to start at, at very early, you know, perhaps even at the sex education level, because still there's not much conversation happening at home. So when we speak to college students and ask them, okay, how did you learn about sex or contraception? It's 99% of the times through internet or friends. So there's really not much conversation happening at home. And there's also not enough being taught at school. So it's really just about how they find out from their friends. So when we communicate with our audience, we also have to make them aware that the friends and the internet may not be the right sources of information all the time. Like the, it's good to learn about these things. But if you really want to know what's best for you, it's best to go to a, an expert 
or a, you know, a trained professional to do that. So I think those are some of the nuances that may be slightly different across, you know, countries. That, For sure. Yeah. And then I have one more question. And when we first met, you had mentioned that you'd eventually like to expand Yule to the rest of Asia. Mm-hmm. But that's obviously like long-term, big picture, like way down the line. What do you see in the next steps for Julie's future, like in the next few weeks? What's the next step in the immediate future for Julie? Yeah, so we are actually just at the final stages of completing our platform because we, when we were coming over here, we started to prioritize like having a demo ready and, you know, things like that. So once we go back, we are actually just making sure that we finalize the platform and also setting up the necessary, the backend part of it to make sure that we have the confirmations from all the doctors for the consults, making sure we have set up the delivery mechanism for the products. So all of that is kind of on the way, but we just need to sort of finalize all of that. And then we should be ready to launch. We're also actually almost getting into an accelerator. So hopefully that will close soon. And so we're also preparing for that at the same time. That's super exciting. Congrats. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks again to Morgan and Shruti for taking the time to record with us. Equity, as always, will be back again on Friday, but you can keep up with us in the meantime at Equity Pod on X and Threads and at TechCrunch Pods on TikTok. Bye. Equity is hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm, and TechCrunch Senior Reporter, Mary Ann Azevedo. We are produced by Teresa Loconsolo with editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, and a big thank you to the audience development team and Henry Picavet, who manages TechCrunch Audio Products. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. 